What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In My Prime. Today, we have Thursday Night Football, and we also have two NBA games. Only was able to find one prop that I really like for that, so I will share that later. But kind of a crappy slate for NBA. And on the NFL side, too, I was kind of having trouble to find something, but then really dug deep, really handicapped the game for a while, and I think I finally found something that I like, so... Anyways, going to try and make this pod short and sweet, uh, get into the game analysis of Thursday Night Football. We got Cleveland, or not Cleveland, Cincy and Baltimore. Should be a really good game. I mean, we finally got fucking blessed with a really solid Thursday Night game, really solid primetime game. And uh, yeah, man, two divisional rivals. Uh, game is very important. Um, should be competitive, should be close. And yeah, so getting into like the angles that I think are going to happen, and uh, if you want to go off this for your handicap or how you attack player props, go ahead. And... Anyways, what I think for this game is that Baltimore is going to be able to run the shadow of the ball. I'll get more in deep into it and more in depth into it in a little bit, but last week, like Devin Singletary, who has had like little to no success, Houston running backs in general have had little to no success at all. This year, he literally went 30 for 150 on the ground. 30 for 150. So this this is this Bengals run defense is not good, man. And I think that Baltimore, great O-line, uh, probably the best running, actually the best running quarterbacks, running quarterback in the NFL. Got to respect his legs. Two solid running backs, Keaton Mitchell, Gus Edwards, and yeah, like I said, a solid O-line too. So Baltimore has like a... Very good recipe to be able to run the ball. And given the Bengals have not been able to stop the run, I think that we see a pretty run-heavy approach from Baltimore. On the Bengals side of things, uh, T. Higgins is out, which matters a ton. Uh, look around like the wide receiver room. You got like Chase, Boyd, tight end room is pretty non-existent. They don't really have good weapons outside of um, Jamar and T. So taking away T is very important. It matters. And then Jamar Chase... Um, he was like very questionable for Sunday's game with a back injury. Game time decision ended up going. I know he had like a huge play, like a 70 yard touchdown or something, but he only had like six targets out of Burrow's 40 passing attempts. And without T. Higgins, I mean, that's got to be a huge red flag that he's just not there 100%. He hasn't been on the injury report, but um, it's a short week. And I think that Jamar Chase will be playing this game not even really close to 100%. He'll be getting through it. So, yeah, man. And we know that the Bengals can't run the ball, so I, I have questions about their offense in this one, especially going up against, like, a Ravens defense. Like, I know Marlon Humphrey might not play, but I don't know. I just kind of have questions about the Bengals' offense, unless Jamar Chase comes out and he's it's clear that he's fully healthy, but I don't think that will be the case. So I think the Bengals will be, will be pretty pass-heavy, but things just might not be efficient or smooth sailing and... Like I said, it pretty much is the same thing every game with the Bengals and them really not being able to run the ball. So those are the two angles that I kind of use to handicap the game. Uh, if you want to go off them, feel free. They should be. Hopefully they come to fruition. <laughs> Anyways, uh, first play that I have is Gus Edwards over 10.5 rushing attempts. I got this at minus 130 at FanDuel. So... 
I'm going to address what I know just came to you guys' head. Like, what the fuck are you thinking, bro? Keaton Mitchell, Keaton Mitchell. And it's a good question, though. Uh, Keaton Mitchell is a good player. He's proven a lot in those in his little touches. But first, well, first of all, Harbaugh, he's always kind of been like a trust his vets uh, back guy. I mean, just like look at the Ravens running back room. Past couple years, like Mike Davis was on it, like Kenyon Drake last year. Uh, it, it's just been like a lot of like older guys. Uh, he really has never seen, we never have seen like young guys without draft capital be heavily involved. So just keep in mind, like coaches have coach speak all the time. And so this might just be coach speak. Second of all, if you look at Gus and Keaton Mitchell, they're way different runners. Gus is like a guy who can handle a workload. He's he's like purely between the tackles. He's a short yardage back. Um, he's a very strong and physical runner, like not shifty at all, but just downhill. Um, Justice Hill, on the other hand, he's very similar to Keaton Mitchell. So if Keaton does get an increased workload, I think it would make a lot more sense for it to come at Justice Hill's expense rather than Gus Edwards. Third, this is a huge divisional game. Um, let's not forget that Keaton Mitchell has 12 NFL carries and he's an undrafted free agent rookie. This might not just be the game for them to expand his role a ton. So I, I think that if you're just going to automatically assume that Keaton Mitchell is going to get a big role, and I think that he does, he's, he's earned more touches. Don't get me wrong, he has. I just think that if you think that Mitchell's going to come in and take like 10 carries away from Gus, um, in like a normal game, I, I just think that that seems unlikely. And especially 10 carries and like Justice Hills is still involved. Like I, I just think it's very unlikely. Anyways, um, yeah, but I touched on that the Bengals run D is bad. But yeah, Singletary, 30 for 150 on them last week. On the year, Cincy, they allow the fourth most running back yards per carry at 4.55. Gus, like I said, he's a straight downhill runner. And... Since he, they have really struggled with these type of running backs. I look back at the stats and guys who kind of profile us like similar to Gus is like a non-shifty. Um, some of these guys got a little wiggle to him, but just like mostly downhill runners. Nick Chubb, we, he went 18 for 106. Gus Edwards, obviously, is Gus Edwards. <laughs> 10 for 62. Derrick Henry went 22 for 122. And James Conner went 6 for 46 before he got hurt. So all those downhill physical running backs like Gus all found success. And if they find success like that, keep giving them the name ball. I like the possible game script too. I touched on no Higgins for since he matters, ton for their passing game, touched on Jamar Chase and his back injury. So yeah, man, even with Burrow 100%, I just think it will be tough for Cincy to put up like a ton of points against this Ravens defense to make this be a come-from-behind game for Baltimore. So, yeah, I just think that Baltimore playing from behind, outside of, like, Lamar bad turnovers or defensive touchdowns or something, I, I just find it pretty unlikely. Gus, he has cleared this line in seven out of his last eight games, and the only miss was, like, a massive blowout against the Seahawks, where I think Lamar threw for, like, 350 passing yards. They were just up, like, a million, so they started giving, like, Hill, Keaton Mitchell a ton of carries in the second half and even in, like, the first half, like, they just didn't use him at all. There is no need to. Lamar, he's kind of had turnover issues this year. Uh, it cost him a game last week against Cleveland. So I think that in a, a game of this importance, if the ground game uh, has a ton of success, which I think it will, obviously, um, 
I just expect this to be a pretty run-heavy approach from Baltimore. Just a ton of overall team rushing attempts. So why I'm going attempts over yards? Uh, I chose this because Gus, like, I don't think, like, he's not a huge play guy. So obviously, like, Gus breaking out a 50-yard touchdown would be terrible for attempts, but he just really isn't that type of guy. He's like a four- to six-yard grinder, you know, so... Yeah, he also gets all the short yardage work, so it gets a couple good goal line carries. That isn't going to get you any yards. Third and ones where you're just trying to get one or two yards, that isn't going to get you yards. So that too as well. And also, I do kind of like Baltimore to be playing from ahead. Uh, Gus, he's like a veteran guy, like a bruiser. He would likely be the guy running out of the running the clock out if Baltimore is playing with the lead. So that's why I went attempts. I think they have less variation to them. Anyways, uh, sum this one up. This is just a really good matchup for the running game for Baltimore. This line is low because, like, strictly because of Keaton Mitchell coach speak. And I just don't th- – I just think that the chances of this Keaton Mitchell coach speak like, affecting Gus's workload, like, significantly, I think it's just pretty low, to be honest. So, yeah, went really in-depth with that one. Spent a lot of time. But, um, like I said, man, I was digging for a prop, and then, like, I just – I just kept on, kept on going. So that's why I like that Gus one. All right. The NBA play for tonight that I got to is Kyle Lowry over 16 and a half PRA minus 111 at FanDuel. Anyways, this is just like a really good, really good buy spot for Kyle Lowry. Last game, uh, if you look at the box where he had 15 minutes and like three fucking PRA. Anyways, uh, he had three fouls in three minutes in the first half, or actually in the first quarter, but obviously the first half too. So he didn't play the rest of that half. Um, when that happens, <clears throat> you kind of just have like no rhythm the whole game. Um, and also the bench guys like played really good. Like Jaime Hawkins played great. Josh Richardson played really good. Uh, so he just really didn't, like he only played 12 minutes in the second half, had no rhythm. Just He didn't do anything. He didn't have a good game. It happens. He get, got into foul trouble. Like it just looks really bad. Like, the minutes, the stats are, look really bad, but that's also dropping this line pretty significantly. So, yeah. Prior to that game, uh, he had 26 minutes in every single game, and he was averaging 31.1 minutes per game. Obviously, Tyler Hero, he is out for this one. In Lowry's first two games without Hero, he was pretty damn good, and he was pretty damn aggressive. He had 37 and 23 PRA on 11 field goal attempts, three free throw attempts and eight field goal attempts and five free throw attempts. In those two games, he also averaged 10 potential assists. And if we get into the stats, uh, I use props, props.cash for this. This tool is like so damn, like so damn helpful. Like I can't stress it enough. Use my code prime, but it's like you can filter players in and out. And like I, you can't do that anywhere else. Like stab use, you can only like filter one player. Uh, fucking... If you want to, like, go and, like, filter it out yourself, it's going to take a ton of time. Like, this tool is just, like, so damn helpful. It makes NBA research so easy. Anyways, so the tool I did is I took off Hero, um, said w- without Hero, and then to be, to be like, fair, I said with Bam and Jimmy. Because, like, if you just do it without Hero, you don't know uh, if Bam or Jimmy played. Well, Bam and Jimmy are going to play here probably. Unless the fucking NBA injury report like does some weird shit, which is definitely not out of the question in this point of time, to be honest. But yeah, no Bam, uh, no. So with no hero, but with Bam and Jimmy, 
he has cleared this line of 16.5 PRA in 15 out of 20 games. But he had 15 PRA in 19 out of 20. So, like, really good hit rate. But also, like, he's just been so damn close <laughs> in, like, literally 19 out of 20 games. So, and that's been since last year. Lowry, at this point, he gets most of his offense from catch-and-shoot uh, jumpers. It's, like, a little bit less than 50% of his shots are catch-and-shoot. Brooklyn, they allow the 11th most points per game to spot-up shooters or spot-up jump shots and the ninth most points per uh, possession. So Brooklyn's defense is pretty good, but the th- spot where they've been pretty under-average is actually against like catch-and-shoot guys or spot-up spot up shooters, all that stuff, which is good for Lowry. Anyways, uh, this line, it just feels... Sh- it, it's, it's a little bit too short without Tyler Hero. It's very, very overreactive to the last game. And also, I know I talk about this a lot, but it's also just a base of human nature when you come off such a shitty game to come into this one and just give a better overall effort. So we have that coming for us with the bounce back narrative. Anyways, guys, uh, that's going to be it for today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Summarize the picks. It is Gus Edwards over 10 and a half rushing attempts, minus 130 at FanDuel. One thing I do want to say about this is this one might be unpopular. I... I don't obviously control line movement, or I don't. I don't force line movement. I don't have a big enough following or anything. But everyone's just gonna. I feel like my gut's telling me that everyone's just gonna be so in on Keaton and so like out on Gus that this one actually might not have great line movement. But anyway, I gave my reasoning for it. If you agree with it, disagree with it. Uh, if you want to tail it, then go ahead. But I, I, I'm not sure that you have to bet this right away. It could be wrong and could end up like moving to eleven and a half, but. That's just my thoughts on it. Then the second play I gave out was Kyle Lowry over 16.5 PRA, minus 111 at FanDuel. I know Lowry is kind of a tough guy to trust, but without Tyler Hero, it's just too low, and uh, it's just like a super, super nice buy low, buy low number. So, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys have a good day. Hopefully you guys have a good day. Make some money today. Win some bets, all that good stuff. And that's going to be it for me. You guys have a good one.